Welcome to the Brentwood Church Audio Podcast. As always, you can jump on over to brentwoodchurch.org or your favorite social outlet where you can find Brentwood Church and see what God is doing in this community. Now let's take a listen to this week's teaching. If you have gone through failure in your life, if you've gone through struggle in your life, if you've had a time of great disappointment where you had this expectation of God or you had this expectation of this, this moment and it, and, it, and it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to and you experienced that disappointment, uh, if you've been a person who's struggled through a, a deep, dark uh, depression before, you, you know, Jackie was very honest with us today about a season in her life where her emotions got really dark and her hope got really, really small. If you've been in a time where tragedy and loss has hit your life, then I'm going to tell you something. This series is for you because life is going to give us lemons, as we say in our culture. So what does the Bible, though, say about turning those lemon, that hard-shelled fruit with the sour, tart interior that makes us go, hmm, sometimes? How does the Bible teach us to turn that into, as we say in our culture, lemonade? I know it sounds a little cheesy, but it's in there. And I want us to look at that because that's the good news today. The good news is the Bible teaches us that when life squeezes us, and it does, that our actions and our attitude show what's really inside, our character and our capacity. And the great thing is that God wants to continue to improve those things and to make those things greater. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. We're going to talk about the squeeze today and for the next four weeks. I can't wait for you to hear from some people here in our local church who've experienced recent times of squeezing and how God has uh, strengthened their faith and even multiplied their influence so much so that we're going to share some of their stories. We're going to get to Luke in just a second. Uh, About uh, two weeks ago, I was in an overnight retreat at Master's Inn uh, Retreat and Camp uh, Center right down about 15 miles from here, uh, right off 29 with about 20 other guys. Uh, We have an overnight retreat there. There was some competition And one of the competitions was a climbing wall, and it came time for me to show up for my team in this competition. Uh, And as you can see right back here, this is me about halfway up the climbing wall. Uh, The guy at the top is actually not there to assist me. He was the guy I was racing. He's been hanging out there. I think he's had a couple packs of cigarettes while he's been up there waiting on me. Uh, I kid. Um, But you notice that I am there in the middle. And here's, if you didn't know this, uh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this moment. I'm not stuck like on a groove. My, my pants are stuck in a nail or something. My muscles pretty much said, you have neglected us for months and you've asked us to show up in a moment to take you to the next level and it ain't gonna happen, spider girl. You know what I'm talking about. That's where I am. I'm hanging there. I literally, I couldn't go up any further and... I'm in that place where it's like I can't go down either. So either gravity and my muscles going on strike are going to take me downward. Well, fortunately, the peer pressure of the moment helped me find that little bit of angst and that little bit of oomph and get to the top. But the reality is there's a a time in in all of our lives when if we just talk about physical strength, where we make excuses as to why we can't strengthen our bodies and why we can't take care of our bodies. And I've been you know, doing that for the last 
a few months, oh, you know, I'm going on a 21-day fast. I don't need to be working out or, hey, it's Christmas. I just need to be eating right now. I mean, let's be honest. You know, you, you, you make these, deci- oh, it's New Year's. I mean, you make these excuses as to why you're not moving. I'm so busy. And then you ask your body to show up in a moment that it's not prepared to go through. It doesn't have the capacity or the strength, and that's exactly where I am. So that was a wake-up call for me. Hey, stop making excuses. Reprioritize your life. Get back to strength training. Get back to doing what you know are the rhythms of your life so that your health can show up 20 years from now and keep you alive to see your grandkids. Can I get a witness? Yes. Okay. Witness. Anyway. I show you that picture, though, because I think it's a great testimony and, and an, an illusion of our own faith life. Um, we sometimes get in a place where our faith isn't strong enough to get to that next place. When we hit loss, when we hit tragedy, when we hit failure, when we hit the squeeze of life, whatever that is for you, and we're asking our faith and we're asking our capacity spiritually and emotionally to go to this next level. And what we don't recognize is it is the squeeze of life that shows us where we need to get stronger, but also what we need to remove from our life that's holding us back. Sort of the, the sin fat that's clogging up our faith arteries the weak muscles that need to be stretched and torn, and that hurts in order for them to grow back stronger. And those of you who strength train know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that painful process of tearing the muscle. I got Pelly's attention. Pelly's a trainer. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. You got to tear that muscle so that it'll grow back stronger. And that's really what the squeeze of life is. Some of you are going through the squeeze right now. You've experienced tragedy recently. Somebody that you love has died. Maybe they lost a long time battle with cancer. And you're going through that emotional, you're going through that spiritual squeeze right now. Maybe it was a, 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 just an absolute, uh, you know, out of nowhere accident. You know, somebody was driving home from a, uh, from a, from a family reunion and, and, and got in a car crash on the, on the interstate, and they died. And, and you're thinking, where did that come from, God? Why has that happened? You're experiencing loss. Or somebody that you know has just recently been diagnosed with something. And now your family and now the people that are close to you are having to absorb that. And you're going through that season right now of struggle, of pain. Maybe some of you have experienced the loss or the failure of an opportunity or maybe even a relationship. You know, maybe marriage counseling was too little too late and she finally just came to you with divorce papers and she just said, you know what, I'm done with this and, you're, and your heart is broken and you didn't see that coming and, and, and you don't want it to happen but it's the reality that you're looking at. It's the failure of a marriage and you're, and you're here today and you're like, man, I didn't expect to hear about this but that's exactly where I am. Or maybe it's the loss of an opportunity. You know, the money didn't show up, and so the house and the business 
you know, they're going to have to go. You know, it's, it's not going to be there anymore. Whatever it is, you know that you're feeling that squeeze in life right now. Maybe it's your physical body. Maybe it's your emotional health. You know it's not strong right now. And you feel like a prisoner in your own pain, your own physical pain. You feel like a, you're in a cave of your own emotions, like Jackie described for us today. Whatever it is, you know that you're experiencing the squeeze of life. And you thought to yourself, as you became a follower of Christ, those of you who, who, who crossed that threshold and gave your life to Jesus, you thought, well, man, if I give my life to Jesus and I get on God's team and, man, my life's going to be great, I have forgiveness of sin and suffering and pain and disappointment and failure, they're all gone. However naively we think of this sometimes, all of a sudden we come crashing to reality as we recognize that God still allows his children to go through pain and struggle. But here's the good news, and this is what I love about the Bible. And this is what I love about Jesus. The squeeze, write this down, the squeeze can multiply our faith and influence if, and we should put that if in big caps, if we choose the right perspective, and that is so big, and and we're going to see that in this series. What is the right perspective? What is the right perspective when all heck breaks, breaks loose in my life and I'm feeling the squeeze? If we choose the right perspective and we persevere, we persevere through the pain, we persevere through the workout, if you will, we persevere through the storm, we persevere through the squeeze, then what is the result? Our faith is stronger. We can carry something greater in the next season of our life. We can face the squeeze of life with even greater faith than before because a new season is always coming. And God will use our story. Our influence will also multiply. He'll use our story of perspective and perseverance in somebody else's life. And that's part of the values of this church. We want to be a church where we think everybody's a mentor. Everybody's got a story to tell. Whether it's for two hours or two years, you track with a person, you can say, listen, I've been there and done that. I know what it's like to go through a divorce. I know what it's like to be blamed and shamed and and get to the other side and want to be a victim. And if he hadn't and if she hadn't and if they hadn't, But I I got through that and I recognized that by God's grace and his mercy, I'm still alive and God has new things for me and I can put the past behind me and I can walk boldly into a new future. Let me tell you something. I know you're feeling the squeeze right now, but I'm living testimony that you can get through it. I have been where you've been. I've struggled with a physical disease and thought my life was over and thought that I would just live and die in this depression Whatever your story is, God will multiply your influence if you change your perspective and persevere through it. And that's what this series is about. And we're going to start with this idea today of sifting. And I'm going to get to that in just a second. I want to set up Luke chapter 22. Jesus is having his last earthly meal with his disciples. We call it the last supper. We talked about it last week. 
And in the midst of this conversation that he's having with his disciples, I mean, just this holy moment, this I'm going to lay it all out for you guys moment, his disciples get in an argument over who's going to have the best position, who's going to have this role or that role, who's going to get the best job or the best benefit package. I mean, they start arguing about this at the table. And so Jesus, doing what Jesus does with great patience, he leads them to a better perspective. He leads them to a greater opportunity than just man-made positions and hierarchy and pride and all the things that they struggled with 2,000 years ago. But we, of course, today, as human beings, have evolved past such immaturity and nonsense, haven't we? Yes. You never hear this in your family discussions. You never hear this at the boardroom tables. You never hear this at the water cooler at the factory. You know, you know what? I'm just glad that I'm right here in this position. I think they found the best place for me here in this company, and I'm just grateful to have a job, and I'm glad Bill got the promotion over me. Isn't that awesome, everyone? That's how we operate. Isn't that so sad how they were 2,000 years ago? I mean, these were Jesus' disciples. These guys are crazy. Okay, explain sarcasm to your neighbor. The bottom line is, we deal with this today. And we need Jesus. Like, I don't even know how you stay married without Jesus in your life. Because Jesus is going to constantly move you away from pride and fear back to center. And that's what he does with his disciples. And so he begins to say to his disciples, specifically Peter, Hey, God's got big opportunity for you. And you're going to show up in it. But before we get to that, Peter, I want to tell you some news. Verse 31. Simon, Simon, that's Peter's nickname. Well, that's his, that's his God-given name or his mother-given name. Uh, Jesus gave him the name Peter. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Okay, so what does Satan and sifting have to do with the opportunity and the favor of God? Like you would think that if God was going to lay out an opportunity and he was going to pour out his favor, the last thing that would be anywhere in the room would be Satan, the enemy of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, the enemy of distracting us away from God's privilege, his will, his wisdom, you would think that he would be anywhere close to the situation and that God would run him out of the room if he were about to lay out greater wisdom and greater opportunity and more favor for us. And sifting, what's up with that? Why would God say, hey, I got some great opportunity for you, but before that, I'm gonna let your enemy punch you in the face. Can you imagine that? Your coach and he takes you out of the game. You got the winning shot. Three seconds left. There's a three-pointer to win. He brings you over to the side and says, man, I think, no, I know you're going to make this shot. You are going to win the game. They are going to storm the court afterwards and lift you up and sing a song about you, about how awesome you are. Before they do that, 
I'm going to ask the point guard from the other team to come over here and punch you in the face. Some <laughs> of you get it. It's like, what is that? But that's exactly what Jesus is laying out for Peter. Hey, your enemy is going to be allowed to sift you. Now, there's a lot of things going on here that bother me, and they bother you too, a lot of you. And that is, not only does God allow us to experience pain and struggle and loss and the squeeze of life in a broken world, but he allows our enemy to have influence in that process. Man, there's a lot we could talk about. There's a lot we could wrestle. I mean, we could spend weeks on that. But let's set that to the side for a second. Let's set that to the side for a second and and just go, okay, there's a lot there to wrestle with and to make our faith stronger to, 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 to look at in Scripture but we're not going to deal with that today. Instead, we're going to look at this idea of sifting and what that means and why that is still necessary for us. What is sifting? To separate the fine from the coarse, to examine and sort carefully. That is actually a baker's term. When a baker is sifting flour, he or she will take that and sift out the coarse, the useless or the harmful materials of that flour, so that all that is left for the baking is the fine, the usable, the best. So you get it. The same thing with God and us. The same thing that the Heavenly Father is going to say to Jesus, to say to Peter. We're going to examine, and we're going to remove. We're going to examine... And we're going to remove. That's what sifting is. It's examining the useless and the harmful and the toxic things that hold our heart, soul, mind, and strength back from being everything that God asks us to be. You see, the image of God is already in you and me. Isn't that crazy? That the moment that you and I are conceived, the image of God is on us. And in the moment that we give our life to Jesus, and I understand not everybody here has done that, but for those of you today who've given your life to Jesus, you've said, I believe, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus, that everything he said is who he is. I'm there, that the Holy Spirit of God is ignited in you. It's already there. And it's waiting to unleash your life for the will and the favor of God. But here's the deal. This is important. There's a lot of sin and there's a lot of wounds and there's a lot of toxins and there's a lot of sin fat that keep the purity of our hearts and the potential of our lives from reaching its full potential. But God loves us so much, and this is is important. He loves us so much that he allows the squeeze of life to identify and remove the things that are holding us back. And that might be where some of you are right now. You're being examined and God is removing some things and it hurts, it hurts. And you don't wanna hear, you don't wanna hear this. You don't want, especially you don't wanna hear some preacher tell you this, that there's meaning in the struggle, that there's meaning in the pain, You know what? I don't want to hear that right now. I get that. 
But if you'll just open your mind and your heart just a little bit to this truth, I believe you will leave here changed and with greater hope, knowing that as devastating as it is right now for you, that God is doing something. He doesn't hate you. He's not trying to mess with you. He loves you. And he's allowing this to happen for something great, a multiplication of your faith and a multiplication of your influence in the world that he so loves. So, Wayne Cordero wrote a book called Sifting. He says, it's a process that forms new character, tearing away old perspectives and putting fresh truth in its place. Former habits are discarded and wrong tendencies abandoned. Think about that. Perspectives, character traits, habits. There are things in our life that got to go. They got to get out of there. You got to stop looking at your life through that lens. You know, and, and sifting will help that. You got to let that habit go, that habit that's keeping you held back. And that's what's happening with Peter. And that's what's happening with us. Write these three words down, or these three phrases. Look, learn, let it go. Look, learn, let it go. In fact, I want you to say these words with me. One, two, three. Look, learn, let it go. Okay, that was a little weak. I I don't have a, uh, I'm not going to be a conductor anytime soon. But I want to say this again, and let's just say it boldly. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Look, learn, let it go. Yeah. I hope you walk away with that today on your mind. Look, what does that mean? It means identify the useless and harmful. The Holy Spirit has some of you here today. You didn't even want to be here today. Man, it was a beautiful day. You love Jesus. You want to sing the songs. You want to hear a decent message. But let's just be honest. You'd rather be at the lake. But everything in your being, maybe your mom, I just want you to go to church with me today. Would you just go to church with me? It's Mother's Day. Would you go to church with me today? Okay, Mom, I'll go to church with you. And here you are. And God is like, look. There is something useless and harmful up in your heart. And I brought you here today to hear Jackie's story and to hear this truth. And you didn't even know it. And it's all, it's messing with you. Somebody walked up to one of our staff after the first service and just said, Pastor John made me mad today in a good way. Yeah, I hope you get mad today because there's a truth that's just punching you in the face. Look, learn. What do you need to learn? You need to learn wisdom. You need to learn faith. You need to multiply that. And that's what happens when you set your heart free from all of the junk that's clogging up your perspective. And then let it go. Man, there's just some things you need to let go. You just need to, look, let God take care of that justice. You you don't have to carry the, the, the consequences of that person's sin. You don't have to do that. You need to let it go. You need to forgive. You, you need to let it go. You, you need to just let that really bad habit in your life. And maybe that's where you are. You just you love Jesus. You want to do great things for him, but you gossip, and and you you know you do, and you hate it about yourself. But it's just what you do. You're not part of the problem or the solution on something, but you have an opinion about everything. And you know you just you know say you know I love Jesus and. 
I was reading in his word today. Oh, did you hear about Cindy? Yeah. Um, and you just go into it. And it's like, why did you have to say that about Cindy? Like, you didn't, you didn't need it. And what's happening is your influence for the kingdom, every time you open your mouth to gossip or you open your mouth to say something that is destructive to somebody, it takes away your influence for the gospel. And what God is doing is he's going, hey, look, I'm going to let you feel a little bit of pain here. And I'm going to show you what you're doing. And you're going to feel some consequences here because you've got to know that this thing that you do, the way you talk to people, is hurting the influence that I want you to have. People don't trust you. And people need to trust you because I have a gospel that you need to share with them. You see? And the squeeze is going to help you see that. What else? You want to give and be compassionate like Jesus. And yet you have a mindset and a perspective that everything you have in your hands needs to be consumed on you. And you spend that way and you manage money that way. Oh, yes. I mean, you heard us talking about international adoption. You want to be one of those those 20 people that raises $1,000 to, to see to it that a family in our church can adopt internationally. But, you know, I got to get this on my credit card. And you still live week to week and paycheck to paycheck and you're thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And all you can do is wish great causes and your local church well. And here's what God is saying. Man, I'm going to squeeze you because I love you. And you're going to feel it. What do you mean? Well, right now, somebody's repoing your car. They do it on Sundays because they know you'll be in church. Or you got to go and file bankruptcy. And, And man, it hurts. And it seems cold. No, God, why would you allow that? Don't you love me? I love you. Of course I love you, but you got to feel this. Because everything else, the truth that I'm sharing with you, and the love that I'm sharing with you through other people, and the stories that I'm telling you about breakthrough and opportunity just aren't effective. So, you're going to lose the house. And I hope that when you're living in that apartment, And you have to give those keys away. I hope you know I love you. But I can't just keep you living this way. Man, that hurts. Those of you who are parents know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what that feels like. Listen, the squeeze, the squeeze has the ability, if we let it, to multiply our faith and our influence if we get the right perspective and we persevere through it. Look at Peter. This is Jesus' encouragement to Peter. Hey, Peter, God's going to let your enemy punch you in the face, but it's for a good reason. Verse 32. I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Hold up. You're praying for me? Like, that's it? You're not going to intervene? No. I'm going to pray for you. Like, why don't you make it stop? No, I'm not going to make it stop, but I'm going to pray that you don't let your faith blow away. Man, there's a lot there, isn't there? 
Because we see a Jesus of compassion. We see a Jesus that intervenes in people's lives and and heals them, strengthens them. And now we see a Jesus, though, that says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to intercede on your behalf that your faith stays strong through the squeeze, but I'm not going to stop it. I don't know about you, man. That's hard. That's hard. There's a lot there. You know, our faith, we can lose our faith. We can we can get in really dark places in our life and almost let it go. And maybe some of you are there right now. And you're experiencing the pain of loss and struggle. And you're angry with God. God, why'd you let my sister die? She never did anything wrong. She was, she was a model citizen. She was sweet. She was kind. She went to church. She knew the Bible backwards and forward. She was our family's hero. If anybody should die, it should be me. Why would you take my sister? And you are in the squeeze right now. And you don't have the perspective. And you don't know if you're going to pers- persevere through it because you are jealous, you're angry, you are bitter at God. And here's what Jesus is saying. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm interceding on your behalf. Heavenly Father, forgive him. Forgive him. Forgive him. Stay patient with him. Let him get through this. He's going to make it. She's going to make it. She'll have the right perspective. I know it. That's where you are right now. And what Jesus is saying is, I'm praying, I'm interceding. I am your mediator in this time so that you don't lose your faith. Some of you needed to hear that today because that's exactly where you are. Don't give up. Know that Jesus died on a cross and rose from the dead to get you through this so you can get up the wall and have a greater faith and a greater influence for the kingdom of God. It hurts. I know, and I've been there. I've been there. You know, I wish that God sometimes would do what he sometimes does, and that is swoop in and stop the pain. I wish he would do that every time. But sometimes there's something that needs to be examined and removed from my life. And you moms know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's Mother's Day. Nobody has greater patience and grace than moms. You know, little Joey, I need you to stop doing that, okay? Little Joey, second time, I need you to stop doing that, okay? Going to stop, right? Okay. Little Joey, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, you got, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. And that's how God is with us. He's so patient with us, isn't he? You know, we, we blow up on a relationship and take out our word daggers and our manipulation, and we walk away with all the aftermath. And God's like, okay, okay, we're going to be patient with that one. 
I'm patient with that. We're going to press, use the Holy Spirit, convict him of that. He's going to go make it right. Oh, he didn't. Okay. All right. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, he's doing it again. Oh, he's doing it again. He is. Did he just say that? He did. Okay, we're just, we're going to let that one go. Holy Spirit, just come in and press on him, convict him. Let him know that he hurt people. He needs to go make it right. Oh, he didn't. Okay. You know what? Punch him in the face. And that's what happens sometimes. And it seems cold. But you know, it, it, God loves us so much that he's not going to let useless and toxic character hold us back from being like Jesus and putting on the full fruit of the Spirit and the full armor of God. And if there's anything in us that we're hanging on to, sometimes he brings the squeeze to get it out so that we can be everything. And in Peter's case, Peter had some pride, he had some control issues, and he had some fear issues that needed to go if he was going to be the man who stood up and rose to the occasion and launched the church that we are a part of today. He went through the squeeze, and it was difficult. And he felt shame, and he felt hurt, and he felt the betrayal of all those things. But in the end, Jesus said, go tell the disciples and Peter that I have risen, because I believe in him. And that's the same thing he's saying to you today. In fact, what he says next. And when you have turned back, in other words, when you have persevered through the sifting, knowing that I didn't leave you or forsake you, but I still let it happen, strengthen your brothers. Go tell your story. Go tell your story. Man, isn't Jackie a perfect example of that today? You know, man, I went through this season in my, in, my, in my adolescence where I almost lost my way. I almost ended my life. And now I'm here to tell you that I have been rescued and I have been redeemed and I cannot keep this to myself. And she even said that in her story. You know what? I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to be that girl who's in her 20s, who's been in the church all of her life and has never gone forward to say, I'm going public with baptism. She said, you know what? That's just fear and that's pride and that has no use in me. I need to tell my story and I need to be loud and I need to be proud about it. And we got to celebrate that today. That's the same story that some of you need to tell. God has allowed you to feel the squeeze. And if you will let it, your perspective will be changed and your faith will be increased and your influence will be multiplied. Cordero writes this, the process of sifting, coming to that moment when our strength is spent, is how God builds our faith. If my faith will stay the course, then a new caliber of confidence in God will take place that will authorize me to give strength to others, that will authorize me to give strength to others.
Man, that's how you've been designed to spend your life. Not focused on you and protecting yourself and not ever being hurt and not ever being out of control, but instead with a heart and arms wide open to whatever God wants. Enduring through, persevering through the pain, knowing that it's a process and it's a tool that God uses that we can tell great stories with our lives. I'm going to ask the band to come. And while the band is coming to prepare us to sing and to to pray together, I want to ask you three questions. And don't try to remember these questions verbatim. These are just templates that you can use in your own mind and in your own language to help you through the next four or five minutes that will help you for the next four or five years. Here they are. While, while we're singing today and praying, ask, just say, Heavenly Father, what do you want to identify and remove in my life? Maybe you're in the squeeze right now or you're getting ready to. Why don't you just preempt that? Or why don't you in the moment just say, God, if that's what I'm in right now, I'm going to pray a different prayer. Not that you will remove this from me right now, but that you'll remove what needs to be removed in my heart. That you'll show it to me. That you'll identify it for me. Next question. Heavenly Father, what do you want to multiply in my faith? How do you want to stretch me, God, so that I have a greater capacity and a greater confidence that authorizes me to tell my story to other people? Whatever, whatever, however you want to pray that, just say, God, remove this, multiply this. Remove this, multiply this. And then finally, Heavenly Father, who do you want me to influence with my story? You know, one of our values here at Brownwood Church is everybody is a mentor. We believe everybody, no matter where you are in your journey, can come alongside somebody else for two hours or two years, whatever, and just say, hey, been there, done that. Let me show you what my perspective is now because of Christ. Let me show you how I was able to persevere because of Christ. There's something powerful so today, when we sing together, when we pray together during the song, just ask in your own way those three questions and then just be obedient to listen and to obey whatever God says. Would you stand with me? Father, I pray right now in this moment that you open hearts and minds to allow us to see a new perspective Paul says, the renewing of our mind. Allow us to see what you want us to see. We love you. And we know you love us. 